Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a Kentucky native, now Boston-based artist, researcher, spirituality, and creativity teacher, and I find absolute delight in the sometimes subtle, sometimes epic ways that we as people discover our voices and begin consciously creating lives filled with meaning and expression. Sacred Adventure Begin features stories from business owners to artists, lawyers to singers, yogis to professors, to inspire you in connecting the threads, themes, and experiences of your own life. Though it can feel unknowable, insurmountable, and perhaps for some of us a bit lonely to be questing for deeper truths and meaning in our lives, stories and conversations like these are powerful and engaging tools to bridge the gaps between the intellect and heart, between the mundane and the divine, between the fantastical and the practical. And I'm so excited to have you sharing this space and being part of these conversations. Let's begin. Hey everyone, it's Emily. I am coming to you with the first solo episode that I am recording for 2021. (laughs) So I feel really, really, really excited about that. And I have to tell you, um, yeah, you probably just heard the new intro. (laughs) So I have to tell you, I recorded a new intro for the podcast and a, a new outro And I've been really spending a lot of time contemplating the sort of dynamics of running something like a podcast and just sort of, you know, where I'm at with all of that. And (laughs) and part of the dynamic that I find really interesting is the dynamic between creation, maintenance, and destruction, which are themes in uh, many spiritual teachings, those sort of like acts as acts that um, run the universe or energies that underscore almost everything that we do. <laughs> and so it's interesting to sort of be sitting here at this point. It's I would say it's almost been a year, but I feel like I started the podcast in April. I don't know. I would have to look. Uh, but this time last year is when I decided to you know, start a spiritual business and start stepping into sharing some of the wisdom and some of the traditions that I've had the privilege of getting to know and experience on my own journey. And uh, and so that feels really exciting to me. And there's this moment, you know, in the energy of creation and creation can be messy. It can be difficult. It can be hard. It can be brutal. (laughs) It can, uh, yeah, it can get crazy. And uh, it can also be wonderful and filled with love and easeful. It just depends on what kind of, I guess, creation process, birthing process you're going through. And I, I have to say the podcast and, and creating this business has been um, in a lot of ways really expansive for me. And also in a lot of ways, it's brought up uh, to be cleared and healed things that I've really needed to look at in my own life. And you heard the um, Getting Over Getting Started episode, which I've mentioned a couple times, but just that um, process of going in and being like, okay, where do I experience resistance to this thing that I'm about to do? And how can I talk to myself in a more loving, healthier way, in a way that allows me to be in the fullness of my own expression and to bring everything that I have to offer to the table, to the world. And so that has been the energy that I've been in this year. And there's also sort of, uh, at least for me, a playfulness to being in the creative spirit, to saying, Um, opening up and just saying like, okay, so how could I possibly do this? And this podcast did very much start with the idea of, you know, I've gone through this journey. I have collected all of these wisdom traditions, all of these friends. I, I know all of these cool humans that are out there thinking very deeply about what they do and how they do it. And how can I um, be with them and share their voices and share my voice and, and all of that. So, that's where I started with the podcast. And if you go back to the beginning, um, I was also doing episodes where I recorded meditations for people, uh, for people being the listeners and, and a lot of stuff. And I was just sort of experimenting and exploring. I was essentially at play. 
um, in these recordings where I would sit down and be like, okay, what wants to come through right now? And just being here with you, my fabulous listeners, and talking through a bit of that. And it it was exciting. It was also really messy. (laughs) I so, if you've been here since the beginning, I so appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you being here um, and being willing to go through and experience all of that. And I'm honestly, I'm not going to take down those episodes because they are part of my evolution. And I think that they bear evidence to the ability that we have when we're setting something up or creating something to allow ourselves to iterate and to allow ourselves to ask questions and try things and experiment. And with that, with that podcast, with the idea of experimentation, I have gone through four mics. I think I'm on my final mic. I, I really like this microphone. <laughs> I two computers and a number of editing programs. And it has the editing part, learning to edit audio files and also to record them and to use Zoom, which is something that I guess uh, we've all been sort of learning through (laughs) this year in particular, um, this quarantine time in particular. But yeah, that has been a uh, creative and exploratory area for me where things have been happening. And I want to talk about the next stage in the creative process. So there's a process where you're just exploring and you're feeling through things and you're asking, you know, what wants to come through. And then there's the next stage, which many traditions call it the maintenance stage, Uh, but we might call it the editing stage, (laughs) or we might call it the analytical stage. And that's where I feel like I'm at with my business, which is called Getting Into It. Um, You may have seen it, or if you listen to this podcast from my website, you may be very familiar with my website, and that even has gone through multiple iterations this year of, you know, I think I want to do this, and then I do it for a little while, and then I go, oh, hell no, this isn't sustainable, or this this didn't turn out how I wanted it to, and then I rewrite and re-do uh, the website and represent it, <laughs> represent it, represent. Ah, it's interesting that those two words are related like that. I digress. But there's this moment where, and I think if we're living our lives in full awareness and with full responsibility for our own happiness and for our own direction, that we have a moment where we go, okay, how did this go? So it's not just about like flailing about all willy-nilly like, creating anything that pops into our heads and just shooting it out there into the world, hoping it lands somewhere. There are moments where we need to say to ourselves, hey, how did that go? And I have, that's where I'm at. (laughs) I am in that moment of, hey, how did it go Uh, with with this podcast? And I have to tell you, I have been enjoying it a lot. I love having conversations with people. I love getting into deep discussions with people about their lives and their lives work. It's one of the things that I've mentioned this before, but I spent 12 years as a professor in academia, albeit for art. I've taught art appreciation. I've taught contemporary theories. I've taught drawing. I've taught sculpture. I've taught a lot of things. And I, I love figure drawing also. Anyway, um, because <laughs> it's us looking at a body, which is the representation of our, our experience on the earth. It, it's so interesting to do, to do figure drawing, but <sighs> yeah, one of the things that I missed when we moved from Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I am originally from, I went to school a myriad of places and, and lived other places outside of Louisville and have had other experiences. So don't, uh, don't go picturing me as some kind of country bunkin, but <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with being some kind of country bunkin, but, um, ah, <laughs> yes. So I, when we made the transition from Louisville to Boston, I felt like I was leaving academia. I felt like it was the right time to sort of pull all the way away 
I had been limiting the days of week that I wanted to teach in and uh, the I had switched from teaching or trying to teach both semesters, so the fall and the spring semester, to noting in my life that teaching in the spring made me miserable. Let me just tell you all, it exhausted me. <laughs> I hate the snow. I hate walking on the snow. I hate traveling in the snow. I hate being cold. I hate being away from my house in the, in the winter. It was terrible. And also, I had the opportunity to co-run an artist residency in India. And before you start going like, oh my God, like another white colonizer in India, I literally, at the request of, of the people of Raghurajpur in the art village of Raghurajpur, they asked me to help them bring artists in that they could train. And I said, yes. So that story is also somewhere floating around in this podcast, <laughs> how I came to that position. But I, I help Western artists go to India to respect and learn about the traditions in that particular village. And it's also great because it brings in a lot of um, market to the village. Uh, people who, who are already interested in art who are willing to pay them for their expertise as well as for their artwork. So it's great. I think it's great. <laughs> of course, it's a continuing dialogue just like the creation and maintaining and analyzing process that I'm going through right now. Again, uh, bringing us back to the idea of the podcast. So when I was teaching, I would walk around the room and as people were drawing, I would have conversations with them. We would talk about the quality of the lines that they were making and the way that they chose to represent something or to hone in and on a particular part of a still life or the types of words that they would use to talk about something if they were say writing about art and we would talk about what those meant about them and what they were bringing to the table and how to look at something and decide like you know what it is to to decide to allow it to become an opportunity to fall in love like madly, wildly in love with your life, madly, wildly in love with the voice that you have, with the way that you are expressing all of that. And I miss that. <laughs> so I knew when I, when we moved up here to Boston, that I didn't want to be stuck in academia anymore. I was getting kind of tired of uh, having to give people grades for their self-expression, um, among other things, uh, which include, um, a lot of socio-political issues that I have around how universities te teach adjunct professors and also how universities teach students and how colleges and the idea of going to a college as something that our culture sort of holds up and is actually, if you think about it, not as good for everyone as we sort of tout it to be. And I wanted to move away from that because I no longer wanted to participate in a system that was oppressing me, um, taking advantage of other educators and other people who pour their hearts out into their students, and also, to some degree, taking advantage of the students with the amount that it costs and all of that. All of those are factors in me sort of deciding, okay, it's time to step away from this. Um, but And then asking the bigger question, like, how can I do this? How can I do this in a different way? And again, Sacred Adventure Begin podcast is born out of that question, born out of part of that question. And so <laughs> as part of the process of saying, hey, I need to think about, you know, what is it that I'm doing? Okay, I'm recording podcast episodes. What kind of episodes uh, are people listening to? How are they reacting to them? What can I do better? And that's the place that I'm at right now. I'm, I'm at the, um, these are the things, taking inventory, doing a little bit of analytics, looking at actual analytics, talking to people about things, and also getting really, really real with myself and what I believe the purpose of my being here and of you listeners being here, you know, what are we doing here together? And so I got a little more specific with that. I hope that the intro doesn't feel too long to you. <laughs> I kind of low-key love it. <laughs> I might change it. I reserve the right to um, go back in and apply more analytics to it uh, as, as I go as well. 
But um, I find that having those moments where you step back and you look at things and you get a little more clear on them helps. And it's okay to like redefine things. So I think when I started the podcast, I, I had the goal of it being sort of a share space. Um, but I had the goal of doing a little more instructing with it. And then I fell into, I did a couple interviews and I realized how much I loved interviewing people and how much it reminded me of walking around the classroom and talking to people like, okay, so what are the marks that you're making? <laughs> and uh, what are the words that you're choosing to talk about your artwork or your life? And, and what do they mean? And how can we sort of look at them through the lens of uh, what it is that you're bringing to the world and, and what, what sort of concepts you think that your life grapples with? And I think that they that these conversations are important to share and have been really enriching for my life and I hope as the listener for your lives too. So the other thing that has been going on a little bit is that I also, (laughs) if it wasn't enough to move all the way to Boston, (laughs) literally this time last year, I, our house was box central you couldn't even walk in some of the rooms. There were so many boxes in them and it took a little while to unpack everything and just to get uh, acquainted. And then just as I was unpacking the last couple of boxes, quarantine started. So I still feel a little bit like an outsider up here, which is fine. But in the middle of all of that, <laughs> so redefining what daily life looks like, redefining what my home looks like, redefining what my job looks like, starting a podcast. I also started an intuitive practice uh, where I'm doing coaching. So I'm helping people step into, again, their life's purpose. Who are you? (laughs) What marks do you make? Why do you make them? What does that tell you about yourself? And then how do we go from there and amplify that and explore that and experience that in really, really beautiful, um, beautiful ways. And so that's really why I started the podcast and my business was because I felt called to share all of the things that I've learned and picked up over the course of both my academic career, but also my life. And I apologize if I talk about this like probably way too much, but I actually was cruising along, (laughs) doing great, pursuing the academic path, feeling like I was finally getting close to full-time. I did get full-time for a little while, um, not tenure. I want to be specific for those of you who uh, are, are aware of the language and using academia. Um, I did a uh, two years of full-time in an interim position while the university I was at decided if they wanted to make the position that I was occupying a sculpture position, in which case I could have potentially stayed in it or take it digital. And actually, I feel really lucky that they didn't choose me (laughs) in that because I would probably not be here right now talking to you. I would have been stuck in what I was doing to myself, which is this, and maybe some of you can relate to it. I was stuck in the idea that uh, the road to success means that we have to trade our time, our sanity, our passions, our voice, our self-expression. All of it has to be in service of someone else, usually an institution or an employer. And trading all of those bits of us for an income which could hopefully support us. And I will tell you, with the exception of those two years, it was really hard to make money teaching. And at one point, I was teaching what would be considered an overload of courses. So if I was full-time at any of those institutions, I would be getting paid bank. But instead... um, A lot of universities do this thing where instead of hiring someone full-time and actually like giving them benefits (laughs) and like a living income, they instead parse out their departments and hire a bunch of people in adjunct positions. And I had at one point five different courses, like one semester I taught five courses. I taught uh, two courses each at two different universities and a single course at another university. So I taught at three universities and uh, it was too much. And at that time I was also 
training for a marathon, which I ran and finished, uh, hobbled across the finish line and dancing uh, a lot. Like, I don't think that there was a single weekend when I was home because it was literally like I'm spending all this time stressed out and I want to go do this thing that makes me not stressed and that like makes helps me feel free and joyful. I'm a swing dancer, by the way. I don't know if I've ever told you all that or not. That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird that I haven't mentioned that if I haven't. But yeah, um, I did some professional like teaching with swing dancing for a little while too. But anyway, I was doing all of those things and I literally had a stress fracture occur in my back. I um, have three bulging discs in my lower back and those don't go away. And then I had one full on ruptured disc that was leaking synovial fluid into my body and that had um, been so impacted through repetitive impact. Um, and actually when they did the MRI and when they went in there, they were like, we really don't know how you did this if you didn't have like a, a trauma. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I had a trauma. <laughs> I had a capitalist life nightmare trauma. But um, and I w it was me doing it to myself. I was chasing this dream of being a respected um, professor who was well-paid, who had artwork in galleries, who had successful students. And I love teaching because of the interactions that I have with students, that I get to have with students, because of the success that I get to see them achieve, because of the ways that I get to help other people achieve their goals. So cool. Anyway, had a fracture, lived in it with it being misdiagnosed um, for about four years, and then finally had surgery <laughs> for it, and then had to take an entire year off of um, movement. And then just as I was getting moving again is when my university was like, okay, um, we're going to hire somebody, not you. And I was like, okay, cool. That's great. But I took a whole year off of work after I got my health back and I went to India uh, as, a, as a participant in this artist residency. And I think I've already discussed that, so I'm, I'm not gonna rehash that, but doing meditation, which is what I started right before my back surgery, um, I was so stressed out, you guys. I wasn't, pre I wasn't breathing. I didn't know how to breathe. And I went, one of my students uh, was telling me about, she goes, oh, Professor Schumann, I had this past life reading that you and I were jazz dancers together. <laughs> we were like dancing siblings. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I, I liked this student. Um, <laughs> she's actually still a good friend. And, and I was like, that's so cool. And also I was like, that's so weird. But past lives were sort of something I was thinking about because when you go to have back surgery, they tell you terrible things. They tell you things like, you know, you could have the surgery and still be in pain or you could have the surgery and end up um, paralyzed or there's a slight chance that you could die. And here's a, a, a thing that we have to get you to sign that says if we kill you, you won't sue us. Well, of course I won't sue you. I'll be dead. But yeah, it's terrifying. It's legitimately terrifying. And it, for anyone who has had... Um, a ruptured disc or even a bulging disc that pushes on the sciatic nerve, I think can understand the um, searing, intense pain that I was experiencing. It was debilitating and anything, any risk uh, at that point seemed better than staying in that pain. It was bad. Actually, it was really uh, a low point in my life and um, trigger warning, I did at one point tell my husband, like, I can't keep doing this. And um, yeah, it was difficult. So I knew I needed help and um, other traditional modes of therapy weren't working for me. So my students started talking about past lives. And I was like, give me the name of the lady who gave you that past life reading. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go talk to this woman. Maybe past lives are proof that I'm not just going to disappear um, if something terrible happens during the surgery. And I walked into her office and she took a big deep breath in and she looked at me and she goes, you're not breathing. And I was like, whatever, crazy lady. Of course I'm breathing. But actually it wasn't. <laughs> I was breathing these, 
like panicked shallow breaths that barely went in my chest and were not like nourishing or relaxing to my body and within the first five minutes she had me breathing into my belly which was so uncomfortable for me too because I lived so long thinking that you know you got to be small and you got to be skinny and you got to be sucking in your belly all the time and also when you're tense and you're stressed and you're striving for a job you'll notice that parts of your body will tighten Um, perhaps you're experiencing that now I occasionally will still experience tightness not so much in my belly anymore I've done a lot of work to release those muscles but still in my back and my hips sometimes in my shoulders if I've been typing too long. And usually that's a little way that my body communicates to me that I need to get back on track. (laughs) I need to do some relaxing and I need to do some release work and some breath work. So my intro to spirituality was breath work. And I studied with Dr. Rebecca Martin, whose practice is set up in Louisville, Kentucky in the best way that I can describe her. (laughs) She lived in India and studied at the Sai Baba Ashram. She was a psychic in the 1960s who worked for the government in California, but I don't think I'm allowed to tell you about that, so forget that I mentioned that. (laughs) But she's so cool, and she's been around so long. She's, I think she's 86 years old. Uh, She has a doctorate um, in psychology, and has participated in lots and lots of studies, so she was just the right teacher for me. She had a lot of diverse experiences to share, and she had a way of presenting them that addressed both the right brain and the left side of the brain, so she was both very much engaged in experience versus analytics, uh, and, and not versus, but um, spiritual experiences that can be backed up by analytics, or you could think of it this way, uh, spiritual experiences that can then be sort of like grasped. And I'm not going to say that we can ever really say that like we know anything spiritually, but you know, that we've like truly grasp it because there's so, so, so much out there and there's so many ways to know it. And the mystical, the spiritual is something that is uh, by nature ineffable. And so when we start analyzing it, we have immediately removed it from the truth and the wholeness of what it is, and therefore can't quite know it (laughs) in its wholeness. But I think we all sense that there's something beautiful to be said and to be known and to be learned and to be shared about the human spirituality um, experience, about our experiences with the mystical. And so that's really when I started stepping toward this path and I took that breath work uh, and and she also taught me a way to uh, talk to my body that was so kind and so helpful and to tune into it and to to help it uh, engage in its own healing and to help me release so that I could accept and go through the experience of healing with greater grace. And I have to tell you, it took a while. (laughs) And I'm so glad that I had that, that I had uh, a place to go to learn about spirituality in at the beginning and it expanded and as I learned more and decided what direction I wanted to go in and I expanded to more teachers and more platforms and new ways of learning and new ways of teaching etc 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 but um uh, basically up until the point where I finally needed to you know take time off and to leave and to go on essentially retreat that year that I went to India I went back again and did my yoga teacher training there And I did a lot of meditation workshops and attended what are called satsangs, but uh, where you go and you listen to people speak uh, about spirituality. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I keep learning a lot because it's something that I'm very interested in. And one of the cool things about being the hostess of this podcast is that I learned a lot from the guests that come on here. Holy moly. And many of them, I, (laughs) I, I subscribe to them. I go to their programs. I learn from them too. And it feels wonderful and expansive to be sort of at that place. And that's really what made me, again, start down the road of, okay, so how can I now share what I know with others uh, from this from this perspective? And I feel like, oh my goodness, that was a good 
uh, what year is it? <laughs> it's 2020. I think I had the surgery in 2014. Maybe 15. I had it in October. I think it was 14. So it's been about five years since that happened and, and a little bit more um, before that when I had the injury. But a big part of, again, my life path has always been in uh, sharing and sharing knowledge and sharing information and encouraging others and uh, really integrating learnings together to make to make something new or to, to make something clear or when necessary to muddy the waters so that new questions can be asked, which is back to that, like create, analyze, destroy, <laughs> restart creation analyze, destroyed, so on and so forth. And destruction doesn't have to be like full destruction. For example, with the podcast, I decided to rewrite the intro, which means I didn't destroy the old one. And if any of you miss it desperately, I can go back to using it. But <laughs> for now, I like the new one. Um, and I'm gonna just let it be out there and then let it uh, come back and I'll analyze it and its effects and how I feel about it later. But uh, having the pause and understanding that even the pause with the breath, like a big deep breath in and out. And what's settling and having a moment of settledness or stillness allows to arise within me is for me that moment. Because even creating is a frenzy for me, can be a frenzy for me analyzing because I um, think so quickly and have a little bit of a tendency, a holdover tendency to go into like anxiety and repetitive thinking. Um, there's always a moment after it where I have to pause, do nothing before I decide what needs to be done. So what needs to be destroyed or what needs to be cultivated and that sort of thing. And again, that's where I'm at right now. I noticed, and I will kind of tell you a little bit about this. So I also suffered with, <laughs> with the idea that like all you have to do to start a business is to be good at what you do, which is great. <laughs> you can be good at what you do, but if nobody knows about you, nobody can book with you. And so I have been unconditioning myself to in academia when you want to share something uh, or you want to teach something you have to pitch it right to um, your head of department or to the university itself and and a group of people decide one whether or not you're qualified to teach the thing and two if they want to uh, make your teachings part of their curriculum let's say if you're gonna like teach a new class or something and so <laughs> I was used to um, when I'm getting ready to start something, really focusing on this is what I want to show you. This is how it's going to change your life. This is what you're going to learn. This is how you're going to learn it. Like basically everything that you would put in a syllabus. And I also thought that that is like all that you needed to do. And as I was going into analysis and having a pause, because let's be real, I made my website and then there was a pause, a long pause and no one booked with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless my heart. And I was really fighting the urge to tell myself the analytical mind, which can turn anxious for me in like a second of a heartbeat, was getting ready to be like, this means something about you. Nobody's booking with you because you're not a good coach or you're not a good teacher or you're a terrible tarot card reader. <laughs> And none of those things are even remotely near the truth. But I, what I am not good at, I'm not going to say it that way. Uh, what I didn't know was that there's this thing that exists called advertising. <laughs> marketing actually is more of what it's called. This thing called marketing that I needed to learn. And in all of this, in making the podcast, which I started before I took any marketing classes, um, and in creating my website again, which I did 
uh, based on what I knew to be effective and what I believed in because I, I don't think that you go into teaching as a professor thinking that your syllabus is stupid and, <laughs> and none of the ways that you teach are going to work. Of course you think about uh, your student learning outcomes and guaranteeing student success and making everyone comfortable and creating a healthy learning environment both for the students and for you as a person delivering the information. Of course, you think about those things. But I had literally never really thought about like, okay, so how do I tell somebody that a past life reading can change their lives because they rewrite and help you reconsider stories around trauma? And that it can be so beautiful and affirming to have someone tell you an element of a story that helps you understand what you're going through now. Or when it's so super, super, super confirming. I had this, um, my first couple readings, I gave them away. And I had a wonderful, beautiful woman who said she would give me a... Um, recommendation in exchange for a reading and it was early in the practice when I, like I said I was just trying to uh, get people in the door and uh, figure out what it was going through the creation process letting things be messy essentially and she came and she did I did a past life reading for her and it was so it was so uncanny because in the past life I had seen her working with herbalism and medicine and that she uh, in the town that she was in there was a surgeon who she hated and uh, he caused a lot of problems for her in that life. And I was telling her about how like it has spilled over into this life um, where it, she feels like there is like suspicion around people who are allopathic care physicians and that she feels like uh, the things that she does are healing and more healing and more effective than essentially what they do because she feels like she's the one in the room with the people and she's the one on the cleanup duty for things. And I hadn't met this woman at all. I had was her name. Um, <laughs> so I hear this like long, long drawn out pause after I said all that. And she's like, did you look me up? And I was like, no, I know literally nothing about you. And honestly, you guys, you have to stop asking psychics <laughs> and mediums that because I have to tell you, I am busy. I am stupid busy. I do not have time to look you up. And I had no connection to her. We weren't even friends on Facebook. Literally, she, like, I had posted in another forum that we were on together that I wanted to do some past lives readings for people. And um, if anyone wanted to sign up, all I needed was their name. And uh, here, you know, here was my hours. Pick an hour. Give me your name. And uh, she put it in there. So anyway, turns out she, in this life, is a nurse who works with people after they've come out of surgery and there is a direct conflict with her and a particular surgeon. And it was so interesting hearing all of that uh, unravel. And a lot of times you can't even get to um, that point or tell someone how sort of, I feel like making a case for what it is that I do or what it is that um, what it is that my gifts are and how that I, I can serve people with them um, has been really interesting because on the one side there is like I, this is the power <laughs> this is what I do this is what comes through and it's very affirming like okay so what I'm going through right now with this particular person in this particular part of my life I'm processing that energy from a past life. And then in that particular reading, we went on to um, talk about ways to clear that and ways to deal with that person and ways to bring these two sort of warring sides of care together, um, both in her life and, and in her energy field. And it was really beautiful and lovely and a, a, a really hilariously accurate reading. I walked out of that reading and I, I walked downstairs to where my husband was sitting and I was like, oh my God, you would not believe what happened. <laughs> Now that stuff happens all the time and I just expect it. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, I'm just like, okay, this is going to happen. And 
Uh, I'm going to say this weird thing that's coming to me from my intuition and I'm just going to expect that the other person is going to know exactly what it means because sometimes I don't. But <laughs> so how do you talk to how do you talk about that? And that's really been what I've been learning this year is not only how do you say like, hey, this is what I offer. This is why I offer it like syllabus style. But how do you explain to somebody the potential of that to help them understand themselves and to help them change their lives and so that they know if you're the right person to work with or so that they know uh, what it is that they're going to get from you or maybe doing a little bit of education around like why something like and that was just one example past life reading might be helpful to you uh, might help you understand your circumstances uh, without getting too much into the like, this is what Buddhism says about past lives, and this is what the this culture says about past lives, and that culture says about past lives, and here's 10 studies on it, which is, um, <laughs> that is the kind of thing that I have put together for my mystical, spiritual, magical folks, is that sort of information, like breaking down different ideas that float around the spiritual community, where they come from and how you can experience them, and then creating safe spaces where they can do that. But that came later too. And that came as part of the process of learning how to um, appropriately market and talk about like myself and what I do which has been interesting. And so we come, <laughs> we come to this moment um, for, for us, you and I, um, listener and podcast hostess, where I am now doing that with the podcast. And I'm thinking about like, ooh, do I want to maybe do like mini series? I have some ideas now that I've been thinking about like kind of what I produced and what people have enjoyed or uh, not enjoyed listening to. And how I can sort of organize the interviews in a particular way. And I'm going to tell you, well, I'm going to tease you a little bit. Because <laughs> I haven't quite gotten... Um, the other learning curve that I've been going through has been uh, learning how to interface with people and how to appropriately schedule myself. <laughs> so that, you know, you don't have three podcast episodes released in a week and then no podcast episodes for five weeks. And how do I organize all the speakers and all of the interviews and, and around what topics and that sort of thing. And, and right now it's sort of been a mixed bag, but I've been thinking about doing a series on um, cultural appropriation just to start dialoguing about that. Uh, because it, it's something that kind of bothers me when I see it in the community and when I see it in myself. And it's something that I think is important to talk about. But also, I have been thinking about doing a mindful movement series. And I've been thinking about having interviews with swing dancers on the podcast and, and sort of having them come through in groups so that you get multiple people's takes on them. And I think that would be like super, super cool. So I've been thinking about getting organized. <laughs> in my analytical stage. And I, I am doing that because I got clear on what it was that this podcast really is about. And I have to tell you, I would have never gotten clear on it if I hadn't started it, if I hadn't saw saw where it went, if I didn't have the chance to see where it went, rather, is a, is a more appropriate way to say that. And to see where it goes, I needed to just do it. I needed to just get over it and get started. And there can be, it was this way with my marketing too, there can be a lot of fear um, present when you start going into the analytical stage. Like I said, uh, an analytics can be what my brain tends toward. I don't know if that's a natural tendency or if it's something that I've learned because of toxic capitalism and uh, like the suppression of female characteristics and the uplifting of male characteristics and, and the desire to be logical and rational rather than feeling expressive, emotional. So um, <laughs> we can all relate to that one. But uh, yeah, as I've been coming through in the analytical stage, there can be a lot of fear. You could say like, oh no, you know, that didn't work and I'm such a horrible person. Or when I started learning about marketing, I started learning how like basically all of the ways that I had presented myself in the past 
were not good. And I had to take my creation into the destruction phase. And I have rewritten my website, I think about four times this year. Every time I learn something new, I go back and rewrite and reword and get more specific and more clear in the hopes that people understand, um, you know, if we're a good fit and if they want to work with me or not and why they might want to work with me. But also I have, again, I've been kind of not, not avoiding applying that to the podcast, uh, but in a little bit of fear around like, am I doing this right? And part of it is because I started in the spirit of starting, in the spirit of jumping in and seeing where it went. And I've been actually a little bit afraid to look and say like, okay, that didn't work or that did work. I've just been a little scared to look. And now that I have, I'm feeling a little bit better. Also, anytime that you go into analytics, often you'll find something to do, something that you want to change. And I was also a little bit afraid of the work of recording things and wording things and getting, again, specific, getting clear on my vision, on my big why, so that I know what kind of steps to take. And that's the big thing for me that settles some of my worries and that helps me move forward is trusting that I will always know how to feel about something or how I feel about something. And I will always have the ability to ask that feeling like, what next? So if I know that I love talking to you on the podcast (laughs) and I love doing interviews, so I'm going to center the podcast specifically around interviews Of course, I'm going to have occasional episodes like this where it's just you and me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the interviews feel really, really good to me. I love that direction. And I'm going to go with it and go into it and, and step more fully into it and organize a little bit more around that rather than these solo episodes, which again, I'm not taking totally away. Uh, But I did want to kind of hop on and share that with you. And because I know that at any time I can check in, what's my why? What am I getting out of this? How do I feel about it? What feels good to do right now? And what steps do I need to take to do it? And then just to release around that. Yeah, I can learn how to edit audio better in the future. I will be doing that. (laughs) But I don't have to do it right now. And yeah, (laughs) I can organize the guests in perfect order, or I can record episodes and hold on to them until I have the rest of the mini-series recorded and then release them all together. I haven't decided that yet, but I know that I want clearer relationship between what we're talking about and um, across episodes. So more relationships between episodes and more threads and more themes sort of pulled um, across multiple viewpoints so that you have that as a way to um, engage and think as well. And so that I do too. It's coming. It's on its way. We're in the analytics of it now. And it feels really good to be here. A little bit scary, but also really good. So (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed hearing a little bit about this process and uh, about uh, where we are, or at least where I am with the podcast and with everything I'm making in my life (laughs) and with being brave enough to continue saying yes and stepping in and, and doing more creation, doing more maintenance, and of course, having a little fun doing some destruction too would put an evil cackle in there. Okay. Let's do the evil quackle. (laughs) Oh, bless. So wishing you so much awareness and love uh, in your journey. And uh, we have a new outro now, too. I say we, I. The podcast. Yeah, it's a we thing. We have a new outro now. Um, I did decide finally to launch Patreon uh, and to open up to the idea that that the universe could support me or that you could support me in, in helping um, produce these episodes and uh, keeping them uploaded and up to date and all of that kind of stuff. So if that calls to you, 
Uh, you'll get a little more information about that there. And also, I want to tell you that I am launching a Cosmic Creators Club which is part of the Patreon. So if you love making art, if you love making collages, and if you are interested in the intersection between self-awareness, self-development, creativity, and meditation, it's totally for you. It's a once a month thing where we'll do a live. So you'll get a recorded meditation at a prompt, and then we'll do a live where we like interact and connect and, and, and meditate on the what we've made together. So anyway, Links are there. They're in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. And I have the coolest interviews coming up this month. I have two sisters who are psychic mediums in Boston. Um, their business is called The Healing Moon. I'm really excited to interview them and to get them on here. I have a women's empowerment coach. Um, who I know that you're going to love because she's a manifestation coach. So she talks about how to do essentially what I'm talking about, how to create the life of your dreams. And uh, her philosophy is really interesting. I think you'll love it. And then in the future, (laughs) I just have so much. I I am going to be pivoting a little bit. And and, uh, I think the first sort of theme or threads that I'm going to tug on are going to be the... um, the themes around like what is appropriation in the spiritual community and uh, how do we recognize it and not necessarily condemn it, but what are steps out of it. So again, looking forward to sharing all this with you and thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sacred Adventure Begin. Uplifting our collective stories is so critical to humanity's ability to create sustainable changes in our community and selves, to learn to ask the deeper questions, to share our wisdom, and of course, to learn about new practices. If you feel inspired by the conversations you are part of here, please consider joining us on Patreon at Getting Into It with Emily. That's G-E-T-T-I-N-I-N-T-U-I-T with Emily and supporting Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. We have memberships starting as low as $2, where you get access to teachings, episodes before they are released, and a platform to submit your questions for our guests, as well as opportunities to get in on some visual art-making prompts. Sending you so much love, so much awareness, and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today. Until we talk again, Have an amazing day.